What is the offseason plan in the defensive backfield for the 49ers in 2022? Free agency, in-house and outside free agents, NFL draft, cornerbacks, safeties. Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker. Happy to Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. We're talking DBs. This is Crocker's specialty. Crocker's doing Locked On NFL Draft daily that you got to check out as well. Talking about prospects for uh, for all teams and all positions. But today we're going to focus on the 49ers and we're going to focus on DBs. And I know Croc's been putting in a ton of film work behind the scenes to break down those defensive backs. We're going to get some of his favorites later on but croc i think we've got to start with the roster as it is currently constructed i want to start big picture when it comes to the dbs and specifically the corners because i know you've been you've defended the 49ers corners all all season long even earlier on in the season when they're having a bunch of problems with all the uh the pass interference penalties they cleaned a lot of that up the defense got better as the year went along uh, we saw Mosley come back, and that really helped the 49ers. Then uh, we saw the emergence of Ambry Thomas. He didn't play at all. Then all of a sudden, play little. Didn't look great. Looked a little bit better. But really, even with a lot of questions in the backfield on defense, and with those corners, Croc, you weren't worried that much. And you're right when you say it never, never really hurt the 49ers all that much, but that also shouldn't keep the 49ers from trying to improve where they can, right? So there's – couple of different ways to look at this are one way is yeah they i don't think that the cornerbacks and i said i was i said this for a while i don't think the cornerbacks were the reason for ers are going to lose a game all right now some people could point to certain instances where hey these two guys had a good game look at this outcome hey this happened look at this outcome but if you look at most of those games if the offense just does their part then the 49ers deep cornerbacks aren't the reason they lose when you give up 20 points to the most explosive team, one of the most explosive teams in the uh, NFL to the Rams, 20 points. That's holding them to 12 points below their average for the season. Your cornerbacks, if you lose that game, regardless of two guys getting 100 yards, are not the reason you lose. The reason you lose that game because your offense doesn't score enough points. Same with like the game against Tennessee. Okay, oh man, uh, A.J. Brown, he had 145 yards and a touchdown. Cornerbacks suck. Well, it, it took everything in them to get over 200 yards passing. I think they had 208 yards passing in that game. Like, that's not earth-shattering. Your corners aren't necessarily hurting you outside of one really kind of bad drive that game. So the way I viewed it was just I feel like there are other things that are hurting the 49ers more than the corners. So can you improve the, on the corner? Of course. But I don't think it's necessarily as simple as people think to just – Oh, I'm going to get this guy, and all of a sudden we're just going to shut people down. I don't really think there's a shutdown corner in the NFL like that. It's not like it used to be. Uh, there's not a lot of corners that are shutting anybody down. I think rules hurt cornerbacks in this day and age in the NFL. I think the 49ers did it right with their philosophy of building the defensive line first and having that help out your defensive backs. That doesn't mean you can't have more talented DBs. And what would it look like if the 49ers had both dominant defensive line and dominant corners, right? So that would be pretty fun, fun too. Like 20 points is cool. Holding them to 12 points be even better, right, Croc? So um it would, but how realistic is that versus 
explosive teams. Like at some point, regardless of who you have, something is going to crack. You know, there's going to be a leakage somewhere, regardless of who your cornerbacks are. I mean, you can look at the New England Patriots. I think they played well all season. They get into the playoffs. They give up 47 points to the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen had more touchdown passes, five, than incompletions, four. All right? More touchdown passes than incompletions. Where everybody wants J.C. Jackson. Yeah. How much did he help in that game? Whereas That's you look at the, the 49ers. corner on the free agent market. And right. they got bombed on still. They got bombed on. And you look at the 49ers and how they played. One, They gave up 47 points combined. So the, the amount that the Patriots with J.C. Jackson gave up in one playoff game, the 49ers gave that up in every playoff game that they played in combined. So I just look at it like, man, you can do a whole lot worse. I think the 49ers actually have the right philosophy and other teams should probably tailor their kind of schematics towards that. Hey, maybe we don't have to be great on the back end or at the cornerback position. Hey, if we just have guys that are serviceable starters and we have good coverage guys at linebackers and guys that can get after the passer up front, that's enough to limit what offenses are doing. And the 49ers did that this whole year. They played 20 games and gave up three 300-yard passing games. Three. I feel like that's unheard of in today's game. I, I'd be I'd be curious to find out if anyone else in the NFL, any other defense, the secondary did that. You look at the list of quarterbacks that the 49ers played against. They played against Kyler Murray. One of those Arizona games was Colt McCoy. Uh, they played against Stafford three times, once in the playoffs, twice in the regular season. They played against Aaron Rodgers. They played against uh, twice. Joe Joe Burrow, they played against. Uh, they played against Dak Prescott, right? And yeah, it, it there was a lot of worry, but the the corners were never really that much of a problem. And a lot of that is because of the scheme. I think a lot of that is because of the defensive line helping them out. And a lot of it is because a guy like Emmanuel Mosley is a really good player. And I think toward the end of the season, once Ambry Thomas started figuring things out, he started playing pretty well too. So are you okay going into next season if it's Ambry Thomas? And it's Emmanuel Mosley. Those are your starters. Those are your two best cornerbacks on the roster. Are you cool with that, Croc? I would not be all in on that. And, and what I mean by that is I, I'm going to address it some way, somehow, the cornerback position. Now, I'm not like most of the fan base where it's like, you got to go and get a shutdown guy. I know it's just hard to get that. But I'm going to put resources out there to, at the very least, push guys like Ambry Thomas. Emmanuel Mosley, I think I'm good there. But Amber Thomas, I'm not quite sure yet. I don't know if he's a legit starter for a full season. So I'm going to bring in either a low-priced free agent to just push him, someone that I feel like can challenge him for that starting spot, or maybe a draft pick in mid to late rounds that I feel like can come in and challenge him as well. And if he is the best guy for the job, he'll win that battle. If he's not, then obviously that's something that you'll have to address moving forward. But I feel like you have to, at the very least, give him that opportunity. Yeah, I want to see some competition back there. I, and I wouldn't be against bringing someone in who's really pushing Ambry Thomas. And I wouldn't be against bringing someone in who's clearly ahead of Ambry Thomas day one. And Ambry Thomas is pushing that guy. And you have some nice depth there with Ambry Thomas being your number three outside corner. Maybe seeing young talent behind them developing. And it would put you in a really good place, I think, to cover you for injury and, and feel like, okay, we're going to go into the season. We're going to be even better than we were last year on defense. Right. If the 49ers went out and they're like, hey, we're going to pay $17 million a year to J.C. Jackson, you would not hear me <laughs> complain about the signing. I'd be like, hell yeah. He takes the ball away. He plays good defense. He's a legit man coverage guy. I'd be all for it. I think my pushback to a lot of 
you know, our, our listeners and, you know, people even covering the 49ers is I don't know how much of a difference that would make statistically aside from potentially taking the ball away more. But if you look at the overall numbers, will teams be any better or worse on third downs? Not sure. Maybe, but maybe not because I think overall the 49ers played fairly well and limited a lot of offenses. Again, Cowboys had the most explosive offense in the league, uh, most like yards per game, most points per game. 49ers held them to 17 points. And Dak Prescott, it took everything in him to barely, it took like that last uh, weird drive where they were in previous defense to get over 200 yards. And that's what CeeDee Lamb, uh, Wilson was playing at a high level, and Amari Cooper. And they still struggled to really put up a lot of production in the passing game. So how, how much better does J.C. Jackson? They will be better. And I do think he does a good job taking the ball away. But I, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard for me to explain what I'm thinking in my head. I don't know if it'll make the difference that the fans think. We will get into the free agents next. Jason Verrett, Kwan Williams, Josh Norman, Jaquaski Tart at safety. We'll talk about which free agents the 49ers prioritize in the secondary and look at some other free agents on the market the 49ers could bring in, including some of the top of the market, higher price guys like J.C. Jackson. And if those make sense, uh, coming up. But first, let's talk bet online. Football season is over, but that doesn't mean... You have to stop betting on football. We've got Super Bowl futures. You want to bet on those San Francisco 49ers at 14-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year with Trey Lance and his 4,000 yards passing and his 1,000 yards rushing that he's going to put up if you extrapolate his his uh, games from 27 or 2021 to 17. That's what it would look like. Niners might be in ends there with young Trey Lance. Maybe it's Tom Brady quarterbacking the 49ers you can bet on which quarterbacks are going to go where on different teams you can bet on nfl draft props as well at betonline.ag and of course hoops is in full swing pro and college basketball the ncaa tournament coming up in march latest odds totals player performance props betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs and not only betting at bet online it's a good spot for sports scores and news as well this season. Basketball, football, betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games as well. So head over to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about all the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on Locked On 49ers. For your second listen, don't forget to check out Crocker doing the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, Locked On NFL channel, doing big things, bringing you all the stories every day, just like Peacock and Williamson, all of your uh, NFL news. We're doing a lot of top fives. We're talking draft. We're talking free agency. We're talking quarterback trades, a quarterback carousel episode coming up on Peacock and Williamson, which is going to be a lot of fun. So uh, all those podcasts are free and available wherever you get your podcast by the way congratulations croc not only is locked on 49ers really high up in those uh, apple podcast charts i checked out today uh you actually got you got yourself and you got me locked on nfl draft just barely eclipsed locked on 49ers as well the two biggest podcasts on the network right now eric crocker is co-hosting both of those locked on nfl draft and locked on 49ers so congrats to you croc and ahead of some really big name podcasts as well yeah yeah i was excited to see ahead of i think it was colin cowherd uh, Skip no, Bayless. it was Skip Bayless. Skip yeah. Bayless. It was Skip. Good Morning Football, the NFL, uh, the NFL's flagship morning show. Um, you know, a ton of big shows out there that at uh, that. 
both Locked On 49ers and Locked On NFL Draft are ahead of right now in those charts. So it's really cool. And we appreciate all the listeners out there. We always appreciate all the thumbs ups and subscribes that you hit and, uh, and, and when you let your friends know about these shows. Would you agree to my theory that similar to an offensive line, you just need five good players and having one really good guy on one side and a traffic cone on the other side isn't going to help you as much. You just like it's a unit. Let's get five good players right. and fix the worst spot more so than trying to go over the top and spend a whole bunch of money on one superstar player at one of those five positions. Well, yeah. I mean, unless you can get the best player in the NFL with a third and fifth round pick, you know. <laughs> right. You don't want to say no to those either. But yeah. <laughs> you know, so unless you can get that and you know, have to make them the highest paid tackle in the league, that's whatever. But uh yeah, you know, offensive line, that's it's one of those positions where defensive linemen are freakish coming out now. And it's hard to be just this lockdown tackle and nobody's gonna get by you. At some point, you're probably gonna, you know lose a rep and even with the best of them even Trent Williams there were times that he lost a rep now obviously late in the year he's playing on one leg but even prior to that there were times where it was like oh Trent Williams got beat now it didn't happen much he's the highest graded player ever in PFF history but you know it, those things are gonna happen as well so yeah if you just had a solid offensive line across the board I think you'd be better for that I think it's the teams that have really bad offensive line and I think that it is comparable to the cornerback position because it's just hard to find really good office alignment, just like it's hard to find really good cornerbacks. But like you said, if you can just get guys that are serviceable and do just enough, a uh, good enough job, you can ride that even to a Super Bowl like the Cincinnati Bengals did. Let's start with Jaquaski Tart, free agent. And we had talked about earlier when we did a quick uh, overview of all the 49ers in-house free agents. I think we came to the conclusion that the 49ers are okay to let Jaquaski Tart walk. Not that he's not a good player. Not that it wouldn't be also fine if they brought him back. But it, it feels like they've got some um, some young players who can play, and maybe that's where the Niners need to go into the draft even more so than corner. Maybe it's time to address uh, a safety as somewhat of a high pick, maybe a day two pick, and try to get better there, and maybe have some coverage of a guy who can play some free safety. Um, if Jimmy Ward's get hurt. And then a secondary question to this when we're talking about the safety position, if Tart walks, does that mean you have to extend Jimmy Ward or restructure his contract in some sort of a way to uh, ensure that you're in good standing with him because you don't want to lose, you know, back-to-back -back seasons. You don't want to lose two of your veteran safeties in the middle of the field. You know, I, and I love Jimmy Ward. I love his mindset. I love his attitude. But both safeties, I think they are getting a little bit older. Right, both guys are pushing 30 years old. Uh, you know, that's when the kind of the decline starts a little bit now. It might not hurt him as much being a safety, but I do think Jimmy Ward, a lot of his value is being able to not just be a two high safety or a single high guy, but he does a tremendous job playing in the box. He does a tremendous job playing slot. Matter of fact, I saw a tweet from I believe it was Tony Jefferson, maybe calling uh Jimmy Ward the most un underrated receipt uh safety in the league said that he is for sure an all-pro and that is not getting talked about enough. And I think a lot of it has to do with the versatility that Jimmy Ward plays with. But, again, how versatile will he be as he continues to age a little bit? Uh, that would be a question in the sense of extending him or paying him more down the line.
the bonus of having someone like Jimmy Ward is the versatility, but also the athleticism and the speed. And he's not a very big guy either. So he, you know, he's not like he's going to throw his muscle around as he starts to slow down as a player. So that would be somewhat of a worry for, you know, a guy that you're going to utilize in center field, utilizing man coverage sometimes as well. But Jimmy Ward's absolutely been a really good player. And, and I would be shocked if the 49ers wanted to lose both those guys back to back. But I feel like Jaquaski Tart could be walking out the door. Tavon Wilson as well didn't really show up much for the 49ers this year. He's an unrestricted free agent, but just how cheap he could be. And we'll see if there's a market for Tart. Maybe he just doesn't cost that much. And the Niners can bring him back pretty easily as well. But let's talk cornerback. Jason Verrett, and I want to shout out Barnaby, who's a frequent emailer into the show, and he was asking about one-year show-me deals recently, um, specifically about Jason Verrett and about running back Raheem Mostert. And I've talked about that in the past. I think I think you kind of lowball those guys, low dollar amount, one-year deals. If they find more elsewhere, more power to them. I don't know if Jason Verrett's going to want to come back from another injury. Um, I don't know how much you want to count on Jason Verrett this year, but uh, if he wants to come back and try it again, I think you got to throw something his way, and I don't think it's going to be very much money. Yeah, well, you know, first you talked about letting some guys walk, whether it's Jason Verrett or even a Jaquiz guitar, and they did that last year. You know, a lot of people forget about that. They let they let Kawan Williams walk. They let Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy Moore, excuse me, uh, Tart walk, and they let Jason Verrett walk and test the, the market and see what's out there. Now, you know, very, you know, interesting circumstances uh last season you know that was when the the cap was like way down so teams didn't have a whole lot of money to maybe give these guys especially after the years that they were coming off of i think all three came off of good years tart obviously missed some games but uh i i see them maybe taking that same approach this year hey test the market see what's out there and if we can get you back on a veteran minimum bring them back at the very least be de- have some depth depth but I do think at some point you have to start to figure out how to potentially upgrade I think Tart is probably the hardest one I know most people say Quan Williams but I think Tart just his rapport with Jimmy Ward obviously those guys going back all the way to high school playing with each other uh he does so much he's a versatile safety we talk a lot about Jimmy Ward Tart as well he's typically in the right spot so I think you know you you don't want to play with fire but they probably are all guys that you let test free agency and see if maybe you could potentially get them back on the low. Yeah. So you would put uh Kwan Williams in that also a free agent. I, I think I would put him in that same category and let him test the market. If they make money, more power to them um, and infuse a little bit of uh, youth into the secondary. Josh Norman too, 35 years old. I'd actually be surprised if they brought Josh Norman back, right? If you're going to bring back a, a veteran, bring back somebody who's going to be competing for a starting job. Um, and, and I, I don't, get the vibe that the 49ers are going to be super um, trying super hard to bring back Josh Norman. Nah, anybody that, I mean, if there's one guy, I think, you know, this guy, <laughs> Dante Johnson, you know, he'll, he'll probably be back because again, just so much versatility. And I think 49er fans actually have a lot more respect for Dante Johnson now, as opposed to previous years. I, I don't think any or most I'd say, most competent 49er fans, 90% of them, will probably be okay with uh, Dante Johnson coming back, you know, to fill that sixth corner spot. And I think it's a necessity because he's not just a corner. He can play slot. He can play outside. And he can play safety as well in the pinch. 
Dante Johnson played 24% of the snaps last year, which is a little bit surprising. And he can play outside, he can play inside. And so I think it's a solid depth piece, and and you try to add some more depth as well. And um, and we'll see who the 49ers end up bringing back from that group. But uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they all walk, and I wouldn't be shocked if you know most of them are brought back if they can uh, have some team-friendly deals. But you can't overspend on you know 30-plus-year-old free agents and i think the safety positions where the 49ers could possibly bring in some youth and if they do spend uh and and really spend in in free agency and bring in an outside player maybe it is a corner let's go through those corners one more time and it's not just the top heavy guys it's not just the the big money free agents like gilmore and jc jackson Uh, there's a couple other guys that play a lot of zone coverage that i think might be a fit for the 49ers and free agency if they wanted to go that route as well next plus some of Croc's favorite draft prospects in the secondary as well. Next. Have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? We're talking about the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Fluffy, marshmallowy puffs. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Flavors like cinnamony churro puff, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. These are going to be your new favorite protein bars. And just like all other built bars, they're low in calories. Most built bars have only 130 calories, low in sugar. Most built bars contain only four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So you can feel good about what you're eating and you won't wreck your diet when you reach for a snack. Get rid of all those other snacks in your house and replace them with built bars. So this, some old flavors that uh, I love too mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, peanut butter cookies and cream if you're not sure what flavor you want get a mixed box of built bars and get a low calorie high protein treat to replace those candy bars around your house and best of all you can get 15 percent off with promo code lock 15 go to built.com use promo code lock 15 and get 15 percent off your order that is promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right croc Let's look at the free agent market really quick before we get to some of these prospects. We've talked a lot about J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. We had a question about them earlier on in the week as well in the mailbag. I think short term, if if it's if the money turns out like Pro Football Focus projects and J.C. Jackson is going to be the top guy in the market, he's younger, he could make a whole bunch of money. Sounds like, judging by a social media post from J.C. Jackson, that the Patriots haven't really even talked to him that much and might not be that <laughs> interested in bringing him back. Maybe they just know they're going to slap franchise tag on him or maybe they're not even going to do that and they're just going to let him walk which is a very patriot thing to do but you're talking you know getting close to 20 mil a year four years 18 mil per for jc jackson um if it's four million per year less and only a two-year deal as projected by pff for stefan gilmore i think that makes a lot more sense and then he would then be off the books and be a no doubt starter right like that would solidify the secondary right there with a no-doubt starter on one side, Mosley on the other side, Ambry Thomas backing them up on both sides. You got Diamador Lenore coming in uh, that could play some nickel for you. You would have um, Dante Johnson that could play a little nickel, play a little outside, and you'd really start to give yourself some depth, and it would be pushing from the top down on the depth chart rather than than uh, from the bottom up. So I like the idea of Stefan Gilmore. I don't know if it's likely or not, and he is a better man corner than his own corner. There's a couple other names in free agency, though, that can Hold on. They, he, he can. So the, I think because they play for the Patriots, both of them, it's you, in your head you think, man. But a lot of times they just did that on third downs. They did do quarter stuff. They did do too high stuff. But, yeah, like where they make their money and why they have the reputation that they have is, is definitely because of the man 
ability to have. And if you are a 49ers team who's looking to get better on third down and coverage and you want to run more man, especially when you have Emmanuel Mosley, I think he's strong at that. I actually think Amory Thomas, he's strong man guy. But, you know, just have those guys and, and get nasty in there. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore, Jesse Jackson, they moved the needle for me. And it would have to be those type of guys to really feel like I'm upgrading over what the 49ers already have. How about this for a zone cornerback, though? He's been around for a while, 32 years old. Casey Hayward is a free agent, and he might cost a lot less than those other guys we talked about, uh, maybe six mil per year. Casey mm-hmm. Hayward, does he move the needle for you for some competition for Ambry Thomas? Uh, I, I like Casey Hayward. I think he had a really good year uh, with the Raiders. Definitely someone I wouldn't mind having. There's something off about his swag that I just can't get over. <laughs> It's just, you know, I just can't unsee it. I'm just like, gosh, he does just, it's not aesthetically pleasing. You can't but not find a guy because you don't like his swag, right? Man, oh, <laughs> if I had to choose between, <laughs> if, if all things being equal between Casey Hayward and Davis, who maybe play similar, I would go with Davis just because there's aesthetics. It just looks much better. Here, here are a couple guys that I, I do like. Okay. And I fit. Uh, one, Steven Nelson, who can play outside and nickel. So I like that versatility. 49ers might have a hole at nickel, having a guy who can do both. And, you know, sometimes you can have a guy who starts outside and then in, uh, in nickel situations slide inside. Steven Nelson gives you that type of versatility if you can beat out Amber Thomas on the outside. Uh, and then you have, gosh, can't think of his name right now. And I don't. I should have it up still. I got a couple of names for you while you're thinking about that one. What about DJ Reed? That's that's another one. Give you some. He's now a free agent with the Seahawks. Give you some versatility there. Play a little inside outside. Bryce Callahan from the Broncos. Um, A little speed on the outside with Dante Jackson, who's an unrestricted free agent from the uh, Carolina Panthers. That's somebody I'd be interested in, but I know he doesn't have the reputation for being physical and Kyle Shanahan doesn't like soft players <laughs> clearly. So if you, if you're not going to go out of your way to really get dirty and throw your body around, I don't think Kyle's going to like you too much. All right. I'll throw a few more names out there because we got to get you some draft prospects and some of your favorites there. Uh, Patrick Peterson, is he washed? Rasul Douglas, Joe Hayden, another older player at this point, you might as well bring back K1 Williams. Uh, when you when you get this far down the free agent list, Akella Witherspoon, a couple of ex 49ers on uh, on the list. A uh, guy like Chris Mike Harris. Hughes, Chris Harris, longtime slot guy, kind of in the same mold as K1. Yeah, a little old, but yeah, he's coming off of making. Oh, and uh, Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller's a name that's been thrown out there for a long time. He's, yeah. he's been around a little bit, 30 years old. It, Probably won't intriguing. cost big money. Yeah. I bring I bring one of those guys in there, Kyle Fuller. I wouldn't be opposed to bring him in. Just bringing a veteran for competition. That would be more of the uh, try to push Ambry Thomas more than bring in a, a legitimate, right. like a for sure starter over him. But they need depth. I think they do need to bring in a body there, someone who could start games, whether it's ahead of or behind Ambry Thomas next year. You don't want to have to play Josh Norman, right? Exactly. You don't want to have to be dumpster diving all of a sudden in October getting guys off the street. Yeah. All right, Croc. Prospects. Your favorite draft prospects. If the Niners with their first pick 
pick 61, or maybe with a pick they get from Jimmy Garoppolo higher in round two, who's your favorite guy that fits the 49ers that could be available on day two? Oh, fits the 49ers. See, that's a tough question because I don't know. Do the 49ers want to be more aggressive and play more, man? They did a lot of it in preseason, kind of went away from it when the season came around. Uh, if if they do want to do some of that, a guy who could potentially slide, and if he does slide, that's not a good thing. It's probably because he doesn't run well. But Roger McCrary out of Auburn, I, I think he's really good. But I think there's a chance he slides because he's not the longest corner. You know, he measured in at 5'11", 186. So that's already slight. And then his arm length was like 28 and a half inches or something like that, which is not ideal, <laughs> you know. Having that short of arms, teams won 30. Did you yes, see 20? It was like, oh, that's it was like 28 and a half, maybe 29. I mean, that that you, when you hear like 31, we know that's short. 28 and a half or 29, like that's ridiculously short. And I think that's going to knock him down. But he plays really well. If you just watch his film and don't know that he has these short ass arms, you're going to be like, you know what? That T Rex arms, that's a really good corner. Versatile can play outside, inside, can play man coverage all over the field. If you have a guy where it's like, hey, I want you to go shadow this receiver, he is tremendous at those things. So he's somebody that could potentially slide just because he's not very big from a weight standpoint and his arms are really short. And if he doesn't run blazing fast, I think NFL teams are going to knock him down some boards. If he's there late second round or in the middle of the second round, if you get a pick for Garoppolo, I think it's he's good. He's good. I really like him. That's the first one that kind of stands out to me. I haven't watched a lot of him, but he sounds like, just from your scouting report, sounds like a player that teams are going to try to force into the slot just because he doesn't have a lot of length. Right, and they did that at the Senior Bowl. They played him outside, inside, uh, one-on-ones. He locked up on the outside. I mean, he was very impressive. But when they went to team, they had him more lined up in the slot. How about this dude from Baylor? Sort of a, a hybrid, sort of a very Jimmy Ward-like guy. Yeah, Jalen Petrie. Yeah, just, let's, just have two Jimmy Wards back there, right? Then you can really interchange those guys. Yeah, another guy that's extremely versatile uh, with his usage. You know, I, I have a guy who gives me scouting reports on Baylor and South Carolina guys. He's really plugged in. He has not steered me wrong, and he raves about Petrie and the person that he is, the player that he is, raves about him. Said he's not a guy that you want to have out in space too much. Uh, looks at him more as like a Swiss Army knife. So I'm not exactly sure I have to go back through the messages and see exactly where, you know, his strong suit is, but – they used him a lot in coverage at the senior bowl, and I thought he held up. I, I think he's a guy, safety, that brings some definitely some nickel value. And like you said, kind of a, a Jimmy Ward type guy. Poor man's Jimmy. We'll say that. Sort of a, like a – and by the way, this guy's a free agent too. A Tyron Matthew, a Honey Badger style player. Yeah. What about going out and getting Tyron Matthew? It might, it might cost you $15, 16000000 million a year. I, I think what the 49ers are craving for most, especially the fans – is someone who can take the ball away, someone who could create big plays. And Honey Badger, he's one of the best in the league at that. Yeah, I can't see him spending that much money on, on safeties. Uh, what about Eric Reed's little brother, Justin Reed? There was a, a Twitter question about Justin Reed. Uh, at a certain point, though, I think you just bring Tart back, right? If you're going to go to a, a, a cheaper, lower-level free agent, although Justin Reed's a lot cheaper, younger uh, than – or, I mean, yeah, a lot younger, maybe not cheaper than Jaquaski Tart. Probably costs a little bit more than Jaquaski Tart, actually. Yeah, I mean, he has the speed, he has the range, he does a lot of really, really th uh, things very well. Uh, versatile safety, um, probably more athletic than his brother Eric Reed was. Oh, yeah, I heard him Definitely. talking on the radio this morning. I was listening to him, they were asking him questions about the whole process of 
becoming a free agent and all that. And it's weird. He talked about all these other guys he talked to. And it's like, not one time did he mention the Eric Reed. I'm like, hey, you didn't mention your brother at all in this interview. <laughs> um, any other names, whether it's day two, day three, corner, safety, any favorite prospects that yeah. got an eye on in the NFL draft? Of Rome McKinley, he might be like a day three safety coming out of Oregon, but he was like either tied or led the league or uh, college football in interceptions. Somebody takes the ball away. Not sure if he's going to test through the roof, but really smart, uh, versatile type safety. Like him a lot. Uh, there's some cornerbacks. It, I, I don't know how fast they're going to fly off the board, but obviously you have the big dogs, right? You got the Derek Stingley, the Omar, uh, uh, Sauce Gardner, uh, Andrew Booth, Roger McCrary, who I mentioned, Kyrie Elam. But after that, Trent McDuffie played a lot of off zone at Washington, someone that people are anticipating testing very well. He's yeah. someone who could be around day two for the 49ers. Uh, Darion Kendrick, really up and down at Clemson, transferred to Georgia. He's okay. And Jermaine Walker, this, I think he's going to be a day three guy. But. What about this uh, Tariq Woolen guy who's sort of got the – the Akella Witherspoon profile where he's like super tall, 6'3", yeah. and they say he's going to fly, um, but kind of raw, didn't really have the best production, maybe uh, maybe a raw project that you have try to develop and, and and see if he can find his way up the depth chart and maybe you have a future start. So so he's a guy 6'4", 205 pounds, uh, and he's a legit 6'4", maybe a shade under, like officially, but they think he's going to jump out the building. They think he's going to run in the 4'2s, potentially low 4'3s, Extremely raw. He's a guy that uh, converted over from corner, from receiver to corner. Now, sometimes with guys like this, with those really long movements, it's hard for them to transition in and out of breaks and stuff. And I thought that was one thing that made a killer with this one really good. He had really good feet, really good change of direction. But it also led to some inconsistencies. And if you look around the league, how many good corners are 6'3 and up? It's not really something that you see a whole lot unless you are Richard Sherman, who could play so well with his mind, um, understanding route concepts, reading guys down. Uh, Roger uh, Antonio Camardi, another guy built like that. And I actually talked to Tariq Woolen about his movement skills, his ability, how does he plan on getting better with that, and told him, hey, you need to tap in with Antonio Camardi. So I actually set it up. I hit Camardi. I was like, hey, this is my former teammate. Let me hit him up. I hit up Crow. Crow said, hell yeah, send him to me. Whenever he's back in Texas, I'll work with him. If Woolen did not take Camardi up on that offer, He's off, He's the, off board. the board. Yeah, you, you take board. him off the board. I, I like this tall corners collective. Like, don't don't come unless you're six one, right? Six one and over cornerbacks working <laughs> out together, trying to help each other out. Brotherhood. I like that. Yeah, you, you understand the the challenges of being longer like that. There's there's some obviously there's some pros with it, but there are some challenges with uh you know short area quickness, trying to deal with that. Maybe smaller receivers that are quicker and shiftier. How do you play? Understanding how to use your length in your body and shield guys off and play it. There's nobody better to learn from than Antonio Camardi. So if he didn't take him up on that offer, he's off my board. All right, there you go. Some names to watch for the 49ers in the secondary this offseason. I have a feeling there's going to be some new blood there, maybe free agency and draft at both safety and cornerback for your San Francisco 49ers. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy coming at you every day. Insights and analysis from college football prospects and NFL front offices. Check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show as well, breaking down the entire league every single day, featuring myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. All those podcasts are free and available wherever you find 
your podcasts. Croc and I back Monday right here. Locked on 49ers.